following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to 46. <laughs> LeBron, I'm going to make a deal for you. You come to Phoenix, oh, you got Chris McCrane? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. This week will be a lot of talk about Alfred Payton, and we'll throw in some notes about the Suns-Nuggets game. I am Charlie Erling. I have David McGraw and Mitch Krumpetich with me. What's up, guys? You know, post-trade deadline, it's like the season is fully fully here. Yeah, it's... uh. It's a fun time of year for sure. Uh, usually at this point, I do some shout outs on iTunes. Um, you can still definitely go to iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and I'll shout you out. But this week, my shout out goes to Alfred Payton. Thank you. And if you want to rate and review our show, go ahead. But I'm going to give you the shout out anyway. You know, it was very apparent as soon as that Nuggets game started, we needed Alfred Payton on this team. And really, we just needed a point guard, but Alfred Payton for a second-round pick. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that for us right now. I don't know if we could have done anything better with a second. But anyways, we're, we're obviously going to be talking a lot about Alfred Payton today. And th- this first game, I literally... I wish I could show you guys our group conversation during this game. <laughs> It, it was lit. It, we went into all. It was all cap lock mode, and we were just firing back and forth. And just the difference that a six foot four athletic point guard who likes to pass the ball makes in a team. It's it's absolutely amazing. And we gave the Nuggets a run for their money. Uh, we ended up dropping it by ten, but we were fighting. It was a back and forth game, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And we were just due for that. I mean, like, it was a 10-point game, and, like, we looked solid. Like, we looked really bad when we didn't have a backup point guard playing, or when we did have a backup point guard playing, let me say that, because uh, John Gray or Josh Gray or whatever in the world his name is is garbage. And I'm Josh. Just not, it's with I'm, an A. Josh. <laughs> did you All guys I know is that I'm never going to Did you guys notice that Gambo on – uh, on the local ESPN radio here would refuse to even say his name. <laughs> he would only call him the G League guy who chucked up 16 shots against the Spurs. <laughs> I haven't heard him reference him by his actual name since oh, that game. I just funny. thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, we I don't mean, talk about that game here, though. I'm just never going to, like, ever remember his name because he that boy gone. That boy gone. And it's, so Nino it's safe way. So today is going the to 10th day of that 10-day contract, right? And today I mean Sunday, the day yesterday for you guys, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yes, that's so correct. So it's safe to say we're going to be hoping for Ulyss to be ready to go so we can actually have two point guards 
ready to go for this the next wait we got 25 games left and i think it's a brand new season might as well be yeah i mean that's how i'm feeling and i mean i just want to go through my thought process of the trade deadline really quick so i mean i'm getting all these notifications oh here's this move here's that move that i mean the calves obviously we were getting a lot of those updates because they changed half of their team basically literally you know i i see all of that and i'm like oh yeah that's exciting that's exciting and i remember i said out loud i wish the suns would do something but it looks like it's going to be another year where we have a need and we're not going to do anything and then it was like nine minutes until the deadline and I get a notification that the Suns traded a second-round pick, which was the Memphis second-round pick in the Troy Daniels deal for Alfred Payton. And I was just like, no way. No way. We didn't actually do this. Like, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I, I thought it was a mistake at first. And, oh, it just felt so good. And then just having to wait to see him play for one day, two days, I can't remember how long it was. It just felt like forever, you know. I just wanted to see him play so bad. And as soon as that Nuggets game started, like you said, it was it was apparent that there was a difference. And like something very very simple, bringing the ball up the court, you notice a difference. Alfred Payton gets the ball up the court faster than Tyler Ewis. He he can make a bit longer of passes. He's not trying to show off, you know. You see Euless doing all these fancy dribble moves. I'm like, okay, that's great, but like, this isn't street ball. And Peyton is just so much more efficient, so much higher basketball IQ. It's, it's a night and day difference in the first game. Something I want to hop in with. When Peyton makes a fancy dribble move, I saw one behind the back last night and a nice crossover too. He goes to the rim with it after that. It's fast, and he's big enough to put up a layup with big guys around, which is something you really can't do at this point. And right. or he, ever. he's so decisive. <laughs> he's so decisive. Yeah. It's, it's odd. It's very odd. And, I mean, you can tell these guys are surprised by these passes that they're getting because they're right on the money, right where they need to be. And – uh, in Dragon Bender's post-game interview, he also had a great game. He had a career-high 21 points. Um, just awesome game from Bender. It was so cool to see that, to see him come together with Alfred Payton. But in the post-game interview, they were – he mentioned that, you know, he got a couple passes that he pretty much wasn't expecting because they were right on the money, and he's just not used to getting those. And he dropped a couple easy ones, and he, he seemed mad at himself. But, like, I don't know. I just remember watching that game and thinking, yeah, I probably would have dropped those too because you're so not used to getting them. You know, it was it was new to Bender. And then same thing with uh, Alfred Payton in his postgame interview. They asked him a little bit of a question that was baited, but he answered it really well. And they just asked, you know, do you think your teammates were surprised at any of these passes and how well you were able to thread them into the right spot? And he said, I I don't want to say that any of my teammates were surprised. Well, okay. He was just being nice. They were definitely surprised. And he's like, he just said, you know, this is something that I can do. And 
I'm going to do it here, and we've got a lot of good shooters and finishers here, like TJ Warren and Dragan Bender, and I'm going to get them the ball in the right spot. And then he got mad at himself for having three turnovers, and I'm like, I like that a lot. Yeah, Lindsey Smith asked him how he felt about Gabe, and he said, eh, it's all right, I wish I could have cut back on the turnovers, and it's like, well, that's, that's new. He had That's nine assists. Hear, my man. He had nine assists and three turnovers. And he's like, man, I had way too many turnovers. <laughs> okay. And as a team, we had 24 assists in this game. And I, with Alfred's nine, I think he accounts for a lot of that just good movement of the ball in general as well. I, I bet he had a few hockey assists in there too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that was funny is Peyton's like – I don't even know all the plays. He's had one practice, and it wasn't even a full practice. It was a shoot-around, and they kind of taught him a few. I think he said, like, two or three of their basic plays. And he was on the sideline asking Dragan Bender, what's that? What does this mean? Throughout the whole game. And he played way better than any point guard we've had all season, aside from if you want to count point booker. I did notice he was right next to Triano in every huddle, which is great to see because, yes. you know, he, he doesn't want to look like a fool out there and he needs to absorb as much as he can, as quick as he can. And I want to back things up a little bit here, though. I'm just thinking of the Orlando Magic here. Do you think a lot of like, this is a pretty uh, back-and-forth subject. Did we fleece the Magic? Or did, were the Magic completely over Peyton? They realized they wouldn't get anything better than a sit, uh, second, and they they just knew they weren't going to bring him back next year, so they got what they could. Yeah. Where so, do you guys fall on that? So this was definitely uh, they weren't going to re-sign him move, and they were hoping to just get anything that they possibly could. The regime that's in Orlando right now is a new regime. They don't really have any sort of connections to any of the players. That's why – even someone like Aaron Gordon's name was getting floated out there a little bit around trade deadline that they were going to see what they could possibly get for him just because they did not draft him. They weren't very, very connected to any of the guys there. They were just going to look for the possible moves like to make. And that's, that can be definitely seen, you know, Alfred Payton, they're uh, an effort thing is kind of there, especially with the magic. There was some talk about his defense and how, it had really kind of it, – it, it wasn't where it was when he first came into the league where he was a really good defender, and that had kind of dropped off a bit. Most people said it was an effort thing. There were a lot of Orlando fans saying that they felt like he needed some sort of change of scenery similar to Victor Oladipo or, like, literally everyone that has been traded from Orlando and has looked really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I don't know what more they were going to get, especially because uh, Peyton's going to be a restricted free agent after this season. So I think that it was just kind of one of those things, like if they can get anything, they would be happy with it. And they got a second round pick. Good for them, I guess. Yeah. And about that second round pick, you did say how when it originally came up that it was the Memphis pick, I guess, Technically, what it is is it's we have three second round picks that aren't ours the Memphis pick, the Charlotte pick, and the Miami pick. And whichever is the second best out of those is the one that Orlando is going to get. 
So they're not even getting like the Memphis second round pick, which is like could be like around 35 or 33 or something like that. Instead, they're getting whichever one. They're probably getting Charlotte, which is around 41 right now, which is a big deal. Yes, it is. I like to ignorantly look at this like we pretty much got Troy Daniels and Alfred Payton for free. Pretty much. Yeah. Top 55 protected second. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, come come on. I mean, and the other thing is we we've said on the show and not just us Suns fans have been saying, look at how many picks we have. We should move some of them and do something. Like we did. We moved one of our like how many picks do we have this year? Like 95. We moved one of them for Alfred Payton. That's awesome. And we still have plenty of other ones that if we want to move, we can. Yeah, Alfred Payton's a guy that we can keep around next year, too, if we I, want. I mean, I want to sign him long-term today. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. We yeah. got to keep talking about this Nuggets game, though. Yes, And yes, yes. this game was just incredible. I sat down this morning, rewatched the game, and documented every single notable Alfred Payton play of the entire game. And there it was incredible how many things that I saw that we hadn't seen from Ulysses, Mike James, Isaiah Cannon, or Josh Gray. Like things that we just didn't see. And they were simple things. Alfred Payton, one quick move into the lane, draws the defense, dishes out to a wide open guy. We saw him do that for Dudley. Uh Jackson he hit numerous times. Chris, he found out on the outside who just a wide open lane for the for Chris to drive it then. There were just so many things that were impressive that just didn't look like Suns basketball this year. And I mean that is a very good thing. Yeah, I mean like the fact is that we now have once Booker comes back, we basically have three guys that shoot just a ridiculously high percentage around the basket. Like Alfred is averaging 52 from the field, but like that's dragged down. That is dragged down by his three point percentage. I think it's, it's somewhere where he's like almost like 60% or something like within X amount of feet of the basket. Like he's just like really high percentage from there. And when you have something like that and you're playing with a lineup that just amounts to a ton of spacing, which is what we did last night, you get, you get guys you can you can get them where they're cutting and you're not throwing it into three guys that are then going to either stop the ball or stop the layup that you're trying to get the cutter for so like it was just so many things and not only did it help him that like did it help us that his passing and just him making the right plays was there it was that we were playing this lineup that was one we we are going to see more of i i don't think there's any doubt in my mind that we're going to see more of and like that is just there just looked really solid and let everyone do things that they were definitely capable to do and they didn't try to make any force anyone into something that they weren't yeah yep and i mean keep in mind we were missing our best player in this game too like imagine if Peyton was passing to Devin Booker instead of Jared Dudley or Troy Daniels. Well, Troy Daniels, that could be good sometimes. 
ooh, and having him and Booker and Peyton on the floor, that could be fun for a little bit. But we were missing Devin Booker, and that's huge, and we still looked way better. So I'm just so encouraged by all of this and the spacing. I think spacing is a big thing. And one thing I noticed in regards to that is there were times where even though Peyton didn't know our plays, he would stand at the top of the key with the ball and be calling for screens and being like, you need to be here. Our, a lot of our young guys just don't understand spacing, and because of Alfred's high basketball IQ, he could still direct them, even though he had had one shoot-around with the team. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. You saw him directing traffic out there, and for a guy who I don't, I don't even know when he showed up into town, but it's it's pretty incredible seeing what he could do and yeah when Devin Booker comes back it's gonna be really nice to see I mean we need to all temper our expectations a little bit <laughs> I've, I've heard some things from some Magic fans but after this first game it's just such a different brand of basketball right now uh, it seems like it's only gonna get better from here yeah it does seem like that Oh, so makes me happy. Uh, so the other guys that played great in this Nuggets game, I think this might have been one of the more well-rounded games. Josh Jackson played this season with 20 points, seven boards, five assists, and four blocks, which is yeah. just wild. Yeah. Uh, he did do this in 39 minutes. And one thing, I'm pretty sure all 20 of his points – None of them came off a jump shot. It was either a floater or a layup, a, a, a force-fed layup from Alfred Payton, which he, which is almost too easy is how it looked. So Jackson just did, did a lot of work around the rim, made some smart plays, and it seems like he's just getting a better feel for the game every game we see. When, yeah, when you sure. have a competent point guard passing the ball to you, it helps you get that feel. You know, well, Jack Jackson doesn't have to having to play out of position or out of his comfort zone nearly as much. And it was so apparent. Let's let's give Josh a lot of credit because like being able to get so many high percentage looks was great. That being said, that takes skill for sure. His last 10 games, I mean, are like he's been playing really well, like um (laughs) Scooper on Scooper 1030 on Reddit has the last 10 games pulled up. So I'm just going to read that off Uh, 30 minutes per game, 17.3 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, one steal, one block on 44, 27, 71. This includes the O of 13 game from Houston. So like uh, if you take that out, I'm, I don't know how many actual like three pointers he attempted, but that, brings those percentages up i think it brings it up to around 31 from three so like it it is there like he has been playing well like his last 10 games and we mentioned that on here but it was definitely the him getting those passes and being able to cut freely and take way less jump shots was a huge deal but let's give him credit before and not just give it all to alfred that's true. Jackson has been playing great. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Down to Buck channel on YouTube. And I was watching the Jackson highlight video. 
and his uh, descriptions of the videos are just always hilarious. Read those when you watch the video. But he said something along the lines of Josh Jackson must have been listening to his teammate TJ Warren when he said, if you cut to the basket enough times, your dumbass teammates will sooner or later start <laughs> passing to you. And it seems like that just really happened. It seems like that's exactly what went down this game. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of TJ Warren, we should mention, for those of you who haven't seen, or who have seen, uh, TJ Warren and Alfred Payton are, like, really good friends, and they work out together. They had their pre-draft workouts together. Uh, they share the same agency. Uh, so they've been close for a while now, and they're really excited to play together. That's super apparent. They already had a connection on the court. Um, and then even in the post-game interview, uh, as soon as Peyton was asked about playing with TJ, his face lit up and he was just like, it was awesome. And you just love seeing that. And I think TJ's one of those more quiet kind of guys, but he even made comments about how excited he is to play with Peyton. So uh, TJ having that good attitude about it is great. And then Peyton also is another positive attitude guy. And we need that so bad right now. What if uh, Alfred brings TJ Warren out of his shell and he just turns into a natural Jared Dudley? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. That That would be great. (laughs) No, but the fact that those two guys are good buddies tells me, like, if we want to keep Alfred around, there's no reason why Alfred won't stay here. As long as we are offering him... Uh, what do we get to put a qualifying offer on him, and he's a yes. restricted free agent? Yes, yep. and it's it's a little over four million. Okay, I you know I'm I'm more than willing to match. Well over that amount. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We have the cap space. And okay. realistically, like this off season is going to be a lot of guys re-signing with their teams or getting like way smaller way smaller deals there's like i think over half the league is going to be in the tax come this off season and we're one of like four or five teams with over 10 million in cap space like the fact is there's just not a lot of money there after the last two off seasons and some of the ridiculous contracts and that does bode well for us for alfred and even a guy who has had a couple uh, bad games in the last couple, but Alex Len, who has been really solid off the bench this season. Or just signing someone else. And we just signing about someone this. else, yeah. You know, it, it's, we've talked about it before, possibly making a move in uh, free agency like Derek Favors or uh, uh, Clint Capella is another option, depending yeah. on uh, how the draft goes. We, we have the ability to do that. Yeah, and, um, like, we just – we have a lot of, like, lee room, really. And a lot, some of that will end up going to – a lot of our efforts are going to go towards getting Booker re-signed on a max extension and probably re-signing Alfred and giving a look at Len. But we, we have – or not we have said, but Dick McDonough has said that he's going to be – a he wants us to be a player in free agency this year, and that makes sense with so many teams strapped for cash. Yep. I think we're in a good position to do to make solid moves that make us better right away this offseason. And 
That's what McDonough said is going to happen. He he's he kind of laid his cards out on the table and said, timeline isn't 2020, it's 2019. So I'm I'm interested to see how this team looks next year. And we wanted to talk about this too, and it's transitioning perfectly. We need to think about what does this mean for the draft now? Uh, we keep losing games. Teams in our vicinity keep winning some games. I believe the Hawks just won today. So we're looking it's looking pretty good for a high draft pick this year and if we're keeping first of all I'm I think we're all under the opinion that we should keep Peyton next year if we do keep Peyton next year do we avoid drafting a point guard like Trey Young or Colin Sexton in the draft do we go all in for a big man what do you think I think it depends where we're at I think it depends where we draft it all depends on this because we we now don't have to try and force anything. We can go best player available, and it will work out. So here's my thought. I really want to keep Alfred Payton, but I don't think Marquise Chris is going to be a Phoenix Sun in this offseason. I think he's going to be gone. I think we could involve him in a trade, and I think it's possible that we could trade – our first round pick. I don't know who would be available, but I think that's an option. But I also think that, especially if Marquise Chris isn't there, taking a guy like Bagley, uh, Ayton, Bamba, any of those big guys who, you know, we've seen Trey Young and Sexton have some great games and they're obviously very talented, but I think these big guys are a tier above still. I just think that now that we have Peyton, we have the ability to focus on a different need. And if you move someone like Chris and we end up at like three or four, it's more understandable to go after someone like Bagley, who some people are thinking might be more of a natural four and not as much a five or, you know, either way you're looking at, you look at this crop of either Aiden or Bamba or Bamba or um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And all three of those guys have sky high ceilings on what they can probably, or what they can possibly be. So I, I think that we end up leaning that way, but I, I do think that whatever we think is best player available, it's very easy to just do that. Now, if we, are like the five pick um there's like a point guard there and we feel like they're the best player then we can do that if not and we can just pick a big and be good and not have to worry about trying to either trade up or anything like that or being over aggressive on um a high risk high reward kind of guy in free agency the other thing that i think about is like so this season we we wanted josh jackson for sure. And when we found out we were going to get him, we weren't going to trade that pick. But think about last season. We could have traded what did they want for Kyrie? Bledsoe and the number 4 pick for Kyrie. If we have if something like that comes up this season, I don't see why we wouldn't do that. If it were like Chris and the number 1 through 8 pick or whatever it is for a big name guy, go for it, you know? You know, I'd feel a lot more comfortable about trying to shop Chris around 
if I had any idea what Alan Williams looked like right now. Yeah, yeah. I We saw Big Sauce play some great basketball, but at the very end of last season, when it was trying times for the Suns and there wasn't a whole lot going around, it it was the Tyler Eulis and Alan Williams show for quite a while there. I don't know if that's going to transfer into competitive playoff team basketball. Like, is Big Sauce that guy? Can we afford to trade Chris knowing that Big Sauce is there for us at the backup five and four? And then maybe draft one of those guys that translate to be a four or five in the NBA? I'm just a little worried about us just getting too, a little too much depth at the three and four type players. I don't know. I, I've i just been going back on back and forth on that. And honestly, I haven't gotten too into the draft yet. I plan on doing that pretty soon. So my opinion might change a lot within a month here. So I, it's I a valid the, concern. Yeah, I think that that's huge, like very big concerns. And we have to worry about that. I feel like having almost being forced to play Bender at the five right now we should be concerned about the depth there and like what we can do. I think that's the big thing. Why I think there's one guy for sure that we don't go for. And that is someone like Michael Porter jr. Who is a three or a tweener forward. Cause like we do kind of we have big, those. we have, we have those. We definitely have those. And you know, TJ's locked up. Josh Jackson is locked up for, on his rookie contract. Like, we are good at that spot. I think the big thing is we need to figure out, this team needs to figure out what, where where do we go forward on which spots? What position is Dragon Bender? Are we going to be able to roll out lineups where maybe – Maybe, like, Earl Watson was on to something but just had Josh Jackson at the wrong spot and should have flipped Jackson and TJ originally at the start of the season. Like, is there something there with not a ton of got not a ton of teams playing two bigs? Like, the teams playing two bigs right now are the Pelicans when Boogie is healthy. Um, who else? Like... There aren't a ton of teams playing two bigs. And with that, when you go up against like Denver, and yes, Jokic is really good. But when Wilson Chandler is their four playing, there's no reason why TJ shouldn't be playing the four. Like, when it comes to that, like, okay. So we have TJ and Josh. Do Are these guys basically our starting forwards from here on out? Or is it a combination, or is it TJ with Josh off the bench, or Josh with TJ off the bench? Like, these are things that we need to figure out and we have this stretch now where we get to see if Alfred is going to be our point guard for the coming future. And it's probably a safe bet that he'll be at least a backup for us, like at least. And we know that Booker is our starting shooting guard forever. Like we know those two, we know those two things and we know that Josh Jackson and TJ are locked up, but what happens there? What happens at, for Bender like where is he supposed to play like I think we have to figure those things out and that really plays into being able to go kind of best player available or get one of these big guys in the draft 
you know, I hope that's why we've seen less of Len lately, and we're really going to keep trying to push Bender at the five. If you think about it, there there aren't many tougher matchups for Bender when it comes to... Well, Jokic did put up a really solid stat line in this game, but I didn't see him bully him too much. I I like Bender at the five. He really like he spreads that court so much. And why do you think there were so many open lanes for Warren and Jackson on all their back cuts? I think it's because Bender was dragging Jokic way out of the lane. So I, I do like that, but maybe maybe I just want to see Bender put on a couple of those patented uh, fifteen pounds of muscle in the off season. Just maybe like three years of that, and then we'll see Bender at the five. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like Bender at the five too, and I, I think we're. I'm happy with where we're at with TJ and Josh for sure. Uh, but the other thing I think is like, I don't know. In this draft, getting a big guy would be great. But even if we do draft either Young or Sexton, another point guard, we have to keep in mind that our well, Brandon Knight will be back. But we don't know what he's going to look like. And as of right now, our backup point guard is still Tyler Eulis. So I wouldn't be mad if we got another point guard. And we've seen a lot of great play from both of these, from Sexton and Trey Young. So I, I just think we're in a great position. And I'm feeling more encouraged than I have in a while about this team. But it's still very back and forth. Because some days I feel like this, and then sometimes we play games against teams where we don't do well. I'll just leave it at that. And I'm like, oh, we're never going to get there. But right now, very encouraged. Say what you want, but I'm juiced about a Brandon Knight-Alfred Payton point guard duo. I, I, I'm, I'm excited too, but we just there's so much uncertainty with Brandon Knight right now. Well, we're coming off of Eric Bledsoe, Mike James, Mike James, Tyler Eulis, Tyler <laughs> Eulis, Josh Gray type thing. So if you tell me Brandon Knight and Alfred Payton will be our two point guards suiting up for a game, I'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's true. I- I'm not going to say excited. Call me crazy, but... I'm not going to yeah. say excited, but I will take it. Intrigued? I will take it over anything except for the fact that we're probably going to end up starting off next season if Brandon Knight's still here with Brandon Knight and Tyler Eulis both playing those backup spots. Uh, like, that's just going to happen. And that's where you need to, like, rem- like bring that excitement down a couple notches. You know what I am excited for, though? There's going to be competition in the backcourt moving forward for those backup spots. That's going to be true competition, especially with a vet like Brandon Knight pushing him. You got Davon Reed, who he's going to want minutes. Tyler Eulis, what's he going to do? I just like like Knight will push both of those guys for minutes, and it will be interesting to see if we have that set of backcourt guys, how that looks next year. Well, and if we stick with Jay Triano, which at this point I just think we should, uh, you can see what he's doing to Marquise Chris right now. Like, Chris is in the doghouse for sure. He's not getting very many minutes. When he does anything dumb, he gets yanked immediately. We can't do that with our point guards right now. And once we have Brandon Knight back, we will be able to. If Euless goes in and does something dumb, he'll be out like that, and we won't have to worry about it. Right now, we can't do that because it's like, oh, we have no other option. 
<laughs> that is very true, sadly. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, like... Oh, you know what? I There was something that I wanted to talk about in the Nuggets game that we just kind of blew by. And I, I, I hate to... I don't know if it's a good time, but... The beef with oh, Troy yeah. Daniels and Will Barton. Uh, so apparently... Richard Jefferson has a podcast. Will Barton was on the podcast. And uh, he said something along the lines of that everybody on the Suns should be on the in the G League except for Booker and Warren. And I don't know if Troy Daniels was the only guy to hear this or what the situation was, but he was just going at Will Barton from the start. And I noticed it right away. Uh, Daniels was playing really tight defense which kind of put me onto it at first. You don't see much of that. He poked <laughs> away a pass, and he was fighting Barton for it down the sideline. And it went out on Daniels. Barton was throwing the ball in, and Daniels didn't, like, move. He just he was, like, right next to him. And they I think they started jawing right then. And that makes me like Troy Daniels a lot more is what I'm getting at. The two got tangled up a little bit. The next play down, uh, Daniels gave him a little jab in the back. But I like that Troy Daniels said, yo, I'm not going to take that. You can't talk smack about us. I mean, he's on the Suns. He's a new guy here, and he went he went out and did that. So I appreciate that. I like this backcourt that we have, this ragtag group of guys. Ragtag is the best way to describe it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going in a completely different direction with this because we didn't talk about Bender. And I was like, yeah, I set you up because Bender had the last good last five of like, where should he play? Blah, blah, blah. Nope. Troy Daniels and Will Barton beef. Okay, whatever. <laughs> hey, the brain works in mysterious ways, but yeah, I probably it's ruined all good. that. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it was not ruined. Like, ruined. Troy Daniels is a very strange have beef with everyone player. <laughs> And, like, (laughs) in all reality, like, it's a legitimate question of, like, is he in a Suns jersey next year? Or is this, like, another Mirzo where he goes and gets overpaid somewhere? Or, like, goes somewhere else and then gets overpaid? Like, where are we at? But there's one thing I can tell you. If you like plus or minus or even can just watch basketball, when Davon Reed was our backup point or backup shooting guard... It was some. It was pretty rough out there. Like, yes, it was. He played ten minutes and was a minus twenty three. <laughs> he was out there with Josh Gray for every. Josh minute, Gray, so that's, that's true. Was only a minus seven. Still, though. they made up some ground in the three <laughs> minutes Josh Gray was out there when Davon was on the bench. Davon just but like yeah. he's not ready right now. And he needs all the G League minutes he can get and all the practicing he can get because, like, that's what he needs. But, like, is Troy Daniels a guy that we keep around? Who knows? Like, or, or, like, if anything, he's good for getting into smack talk with one guy every year. So there's at least (laughs) that. He's feisty towards one player (laughs) each season. He chooses wisely. One <laughs> insignificant player like Will Barton. You can't say insignificant <laughs> I mean, because last I year like, it was when he was on the Grizzlies and it yeah. was. Booker. I know it was Booker. 
I, I was going to qualify that, and I was also going to say I like Will Barton, so. But whatever. The way I describe Troy Daniels having beef with people is like how on a previous podcast I described that the Suns have a weird rivalry with the Blazers where, like, they always destroy us, but we still hate each other for some reason. And guys like Noah Vonley, who – is Noah Vonley even nope, on the Blazers still? Did he get traded? Okay, so I guess that our weird rivalry might end with that, but whatever. Like, the weird rivalry with Portland is, like, the same. It's akin to Troy Daniels having beef with, like, some random guy like Will Barton. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but you just roll with it. I think people have beef with Devin Booker because he's just more handsome than them, handsome than them and it just yeah. gets under their skin. The green-eyed monster of jealousy. <laughs> See, I was just going to talk some more smack on Will Barton about how like, he was in one dunk contest, did a really garbage dunk, and then thinks he's all that. But I guess Mitch likes him, so I can't do that. Will the Thrill Barton. Didn't he come yeah. out as do the whole thriller thing and then do some stupid dunk? Oh, uh, yeah. I do remember that now. That it was, was a waste, waste of time, time because what we really needed was just the 17 rounds of Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. That we'll never get again. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I'm sad that Aaron Gordon had to withdraw this season. That's too bad. That is too bad. Okay. Do we have anything else Suns related or should we wind this thing down? I mean, we talked about Alfred Payton for a good 30 minutes tonight. I like that. That was we fun. Needed, we needed that. The Suns yes. needed that. The podcast needed that. The Suns fandom needed that. I think it's safe to say that. I think the one oh, thing yeah. we should all take away from this is that Alfred's great, and no one has any idea what we might do when it comes to this offseason because there's, like, three different directions we could go. We have options now. Man, I bet Ryan McDonough let out a big sigh of relief after that trade went through. Just minutes before the deadline, too. That was cutting it close. Yes. All right. Was. It's time for those non-sports-related plugs, boys. We got Mitch's face-melting minute. We have David's comic book quarter. And I'll come up with something. So, David, start us off, my man. I'm playing this game, which is what I've been doing a lot lately. But whatever. RimWorld? No. Better. Oh. Candy Crush? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Farmville? No. Uh, you were closer with Mafia Wars. Mafia Wars, actually. Um, I'm all about that Italian blood that I don't have. Uh, anyways, the Facebook exclusive <laughs> games. So there's this game called Battle Chef Brigade, and oh, it is great. It's all like hand drawn and looks really pretty. And what you do is you go out and fight monsters, and then you get ingredients for food. And then you go back to the kitchen and you basically do Candy Crush to make meals with that food. Didn't you plug no, this No, I plugged Golf Story. Oh. Thank you very much. This oh. was just a personal plug. <laughs> You've just it. told me. I that. did tell you okay. this. I, yeah. I told you this when we were at the concert. And like I've been, sa- I've been saving oh, this yeah, yeah. because I had plenty of things to plug <laughs> since I started playing it. But okay. now it's time because... It's really fun, it's really addicting, and it's silly and nonsensical. And those are all the things I look for in a game. And it's a lot of fun. So if you can check it out, 
do so. Battle Chef Brigade. Boom. Why do the monsters guard? They the don't food? guard the food. They are the food. Oh, you kill the monsters for yep. ingredients. No. Oh. So there's so like this a bread isn't a vegan monster. friendly. No, this is game. not. Oh, I mean, like some of the plants are like plants, but then some of the some of the oh. plants are like monsters. Is this plants so versus zombies? <laughs> <laughs> Minus the zombies. Because I, I like plants that one. Plants versus plants. Okay. Oh. Hmm. And you eat them. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll hop in the middle here. I have something equally as weird, I think. Oh, if you haven't go. watched Black Mirror, the series on Netflix, that's some pretty wild stuff. So... I'm reading this from the Wikipedia page. It examines modern society, particularly with regard to the unanticipated consequences of new technologies. That's pretty much what every episode revolves around. And it's it's like a, each episode is a standalone episode. There's no continual story, really. So it's like, a, I, I'd compare it to like a short movie. It's and like there's, Twilight Zone. Uh, four seasons out. It's like Twilight What's Zone, that? right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Quite a bit like that, I'd say. I didn't watch a bunch of Twilight Zone, but I know the premise. But yeah, it's it's definitely definitely similar. Hmm. So it's just some crazy stuff. And this is definitely a mature audience show, so this is for the big boys. And, <laughs> and um, girls. And girls. And every time I explain to my wife one of the episodes, she just looks at me like I'm insane. I'm like, hey, I'm just relaying what's going on in the show to you. And it's wild. So I, I definitely recommend it if you're into that. It's uh, It definitely puts you in some situations where you can definitely, definitely compare it to some things that are we're doing right now, like with Tinder and that type of thing, oh. and just mainly social media in general. You throw out uh, Tinder you can see first. That I was looking at Mitch, and I remember all of Mitch's <laughs> funny Tinder stories. So that was the uh, first that is, one that came yeah, came to mind. Uh, not on the podcast. We'll move that along right there. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, my plug: Black Mirror. It's on Netflix. Just another great Netflix show. So that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. The old BM. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my plug this week after going in some slightly different directions as of late i'm gonna be going back to my roots and i'm gonna plug an album called different animals by volumes it came out in 2017 uh if you like the album by issues that i plugged a few months back you'll like this as well my favorite tracks are waves control feels good on her mind and left for dead it's uh it's metalcore, but it's a little bit lighter. Um, it's got some some different elements, some different genre influences, um, some very catchy melodic lines and choruses, especially in On Her Mind, uh, but some really cool guitar stuff as well. So definitely check out Different Animals by Volumes. So would you say that this album is a different animal, but the same beast? Yes, I would. Good to know. Exactly. All right, everybody, that will do it for today. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a new season on our hands. We've got 25 games with a real point guard on the roster. I hope you're all as excited to watch it as I know we are. 
So you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns. Damn. <laughs>